the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. of Locked On Pokes. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with us here on the Wednesday of Homecoming Week, just a couple days away from walk around, a few days away from the game against the Baylor Bears this Saturday, 3 o'clock. Supposed to be perfect. Weather's supposed to be great. Should be a great homecoming weekend. Make sure you head over to Twitter. Follow me at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes, where you can interact with me, ask me any questions you have about anything I've talked about on the podcast or anything you would like me to talk about here on Locked on Pokes. Also, make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Baylor Bears. Baylor coming to town this weekend at 6-0. We talked about this uh, first couple days this week. Very fortunate to be 6-0 after the call in overtime against Texas Tech that went Baylor's way. If you haven't listened the last couple days, don't know what happened. Uh, Essentially, Charlie Brewer was in shotgun. This was in overtime. Charlie Brewer was in the shotgun. The center snapped the ball up as if the quarterback was under center. It hits the center on the butt, falls to the ground. Texas Tech defensive tackle falls on it. The refs, for no apparent reason, rule illegal snap on Baylor, backs him up five yards, they score two plays later, end up going on to win the game. So, Baylor fortunate to get out against Texas Tech with a win, but it's a good thing for Oklahoma State, means you get to play an 18th ranked undefeated Baylor Bears squad, as opposed to, you know, they were 21, so probably would have dropped out of the top 25 Maybe would have hung in there at 24-25, but we all know Oklahoma State has a better chance to win the game statistically if they're playing against a ranked opponent. Oklahoma State 4-6 and six against its last 10 unranked FBS opponents, while the Cowboys are 5-2 and two in their last seven games against ranked FBS opponents. So the 6-0 and oh, Baylor Bears coming to town, they are led by Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer, probably know the name. He's been down at Baylor for a few years, and he's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. This season, he's completing north of 65% of his passes, 1,554 yards, 11 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, ratings 155.2 so far this season. Uh, And it's also of note, he threw 3 interceptions last week against Texas Tech. Texas Tech is doing a phenomenal job right now forcing turnovers, as Oklahoma State fans remember from the game a couple Saturdays ago in Lubbock. So all three of his touchdowns, Uh, Pardon me, not all three of his touchdowns. All three of his interceptions came in that one game against Texas Tech. No one else has been able to turn Charlie Brewer over. Uh, So he's leading the way at quarterback. Running back, John Lovett, is receiving the most carries right now, but he's not the receiving back. So they kind of do running back by committee. It's not it's not what Oklahoma State has with Chuba Hubbard where one guy has more than a thousand yards rushing. It's a, a few guys. It's John Lovett has 58 carries, 40 for Jamichael Hasty, and then Treston Ebner has 26. So it's much more uh, running back by committee, but John Lovett does lead the way. 389 yards rushing seems, again, very insignificant for what we're used to with Chuba Hubbard, but he's the leading running back for the Baylor Bears. Three touchdowns for him, two for Hasty, two for Ebner. So 
kind of running back by committee. And then, like I said, uh, Lovett is not the receiving back. Jamichael Hasty is the receiving back. So he's got 13 catches on the year through six games. So expect them to use him a little bit in the passing game, maybe on some more third downs. John Lovett, only one catch on uh, on the season. So he's, he's certainly not a receiving back. And then, as, as far as the receivers go, I mean, it, it begins and ends with Denzel Mims. Everybody knows Denzel Mims. feels like Denzel Mims has been around, I don't know, forever down in Norman. This has to be his senior season. Let me, uh, let me click. He's got to be a senior. He is. Denzel Mims is a senior. He, you know, he started very early on in his time at Baylor, so it seems like he's been down there just absolutely forever. He's got 32 catches for 503 yards and five touchdowns on the season. So he's been phenomenal once again. Twi- Tyquan Thornton and uh, R.J. Sneed are the two next receivers. So those are the three guys to watch out for in the receiving core. Uh, you know, as far as field goals, extra points, things of that nature go, and no extra points missed for the Baylor Bears this season. But their kicker, John Mayers, just four for six this season on field goal attempts. Um, he's three for five from 30 to 39 yards. And, and I know that this is not – something that's real sexy that a lot of people like to talk about. But I I think that this could matter, that their kickers are a little bit shaky. Interestingly enough, uh, their backup kicker is Noah Rauschenberg, who I saw kick quite a bit in high school playing for Union in Tulsa. Uh, And and he's 0 for 1 on the season, attempting field goals 4 for 4 on extra points. So I don't know if that's an injury in the kicking situation or what it is. The only field goal that Noah Rausch uh, Rauschenberg has attempted, aside from an extra point, was from 50-plus. So that he's 0-for-1, but uh, I watched him play quite a bit in high school. He's a good kicker, so it be interesting to see how Baylor holds up in the kicking game. And then defensively, you got to look right in the middle and look at Clay Johnston. He has 58 tackles this year for the Baylor Bears. He leads the team by 28 tackles. He's nearly doubling up the, the, next, best, uh, the next best defender on for – for the Baylor Bears in terms of tackles. He wears number four, so you'll see him in the middle of the field out there on Saturday. He is a senior. He also has two and a half sacks on the season, so Clay Johnston is the guy to watch out for in the middle of this defense for the Baylor Bears. I'm Colby Powell. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm going to take a break, come back on the other side. I want to talk uh, about both of these offenses and how they stack up. Obviously, Oklahoma State, we know, has been able to run the ball incredibly effectively. I'm going to tell you where Baylor and Oklahoma State rank in the country in terms of, you know, third down offense, passing offense, red zone offense, rushing, scoring, total offense, all those things. We're going to break that all down next. We'll get to defense later on in this podcast. Make sure you stay with us right here. This is Locked On Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. back into Locked On Pokes. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad everyone is with me. It is the Wednesday of Homecoming Week, America's greatest homecoming celebration in Stillwater. Hit me up on Twitter, at Colby J. Powell, at Locked On Pokes. Let me know what you do on Homecoming Weekend. You're the type of person who likes to go up and stay in Stillwater all weekend, go to walk around Friday night, homecoming in hoops, the parade Saturday morning, the works. Do you just go up for the game? Do you go up early on Saturday and tailgate? What are your favorite homecoming traditions? Let me know on Twitter at 
Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. Make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you may be listening. Let's talk a little bit about these two offenses, how they stack up and where Oklahoma State may or may not have the advantage. Uh, We all know that whenever it comes to running the ball, Oklahoma State is about as good as it gets in the country. Chuba Hubbard is dominating right now whenever it comes to rushing yards. He himself is averaging nearly as many rushing yards per game as the Baylor Bears offense. Baylor, as a team, is ranks 39th in the country in rushing offense. Oklahoma State ranks 7th in the country in rushing offense. Baylor is averaging 199.2 yards per game. Chuba Hubbard is averaging 182.3 yards per game. So Baylor, as a team, John Lovett and Jamichael Hasty and those guys I talked about are only averaging 17 more yards per game than just Chuba Hubbard to kind of put into perspective how crazy of a season uh, Chuba is having. Oklahoma State, led by Chuba Hubbard, uh, but also with what Spencer Sanders does in the run game, Oklahoma State ranks seventh in the country in rushing offense. And, And this is where Oklahoma State has a huge advantage. And this is why the first quarter of this game is so important. And, and stick with me here. Follow my train of thought. The first quarter is so important because what happened in Lubbock? Oklahoma State got down 20 to nothing. Boom. Blink of an eye. Couple turnovers. You're, you're, you're in trouble. Now you have to play from behind the entire game. I think we'll know by the end of the first quarter how this game is going to go for Oklahoma State. Because if Oklahoma State can be tied at the end of the first quarter, up by a field goal, up by seven, ten points maybe, then I think that they're really in good position to go out and and ride Chuba Hubbard to a win against Baylor on Saturday. Now, if they come out and they're down 10-0 at the end of the first, they're down, you know, 14-3 at the end of the first, all of a sudden I think we have to get Oklahoma State away from what has become the Cowboys' identity, and that's what you don't want to do. So Oklahoma State, with that advantage in the running game, needs to play from out front. That's, That's what you have to do when you're an elite rushing team and just an average passing team. You have to play from out front. Like I said, Oklahoma State ranks seventh in the country in rushing. Oklahoma State only ranks 62 in the country in passing. 249.3 passing yards per game. Oklahoma State's actually averaging about 30 more rushing yards per game than they are passing yards. And I'd be really curious to know how far we have to go back to, to have Oklahoma State average more rushing yards than they do passing yards. Uh, I wonder if that's back in Maybe the Zach Robinson era, probably not even then. I'd say maybe back in the Donovan Woods era. I know Oklahoma State would definitely average more rushing yards back then. That would have been 15 years ago. So if anybody can think of another team that may have averaged uh, less passing yards than rushing yards, go ahead and, and tweet me that as well. Baylor ranks 34th in the country in passing offense. So Baylor doesn't do either running or passing exceptionally well but they're good at both. They're at 39th in rushing, 34th in passing, whereas Oklahoma State, top 10 in rushing, outside the top 60 in passing, so not nearly as balanced of an attack for Oklahoma State, whereas Baylor, not an elite rushing offense, not an elite passing offense, but they're about the same, and you have to uh, you have to deal with both of them. They're averaging 276 passing yards per game, and like I said, Charlie Brewer, three interceptions last week against Tech. That was pretty uncharacteristic for Charlie Brewer. He's a good player, and Oklahoma State is going to have to get some pressure on him, make him uncomfortable. We'll talk about that in the next segment as we'll talk about these two defenses. Now, whenever you get down in the red zone, 
which of these two teams are, are scoring more in the red zone? And I think that the answer actually might surprise you a little bit. Oklahoma State ranks 22nd in the country in red zone offense. Baylor, Baylor only ranks 55th in red zone offense. And, and that certainly surprised me whenever I came in and looked this up. I was fully anticipating Baylor to rank ahead of Oklahoma State. Now, the big thing is here, they do touchdowns and field goals made as red zone scores, and that's how they get to your, your total red zone offense stats. So Oklahoma State... In, uh, in 27 trips into the red zone, has scored 16 touchdowns, 9 field goals. So that means twice they've gotten into the red zone and gotten no points. But again, 9 field goals, it, that's a lot for Oklahoma State. It's been a problem. We've talked about it being a problem. Baylor, on the other hand, the same 27 trips into the red zone, they've scored 19 touchdowns, only four field goals, but they only have 23 red zone scores. So that's why Oklahoma State ranks so much higher, but I think that those numbers can be a little misleading because in the same number of trips into the red zone, 27, Baylor has 19 touchdowns. Oklahoma State only has 16 touchdowns. And we all know seven points wins games, three points loses games. So red zone offense, while Oklahoma State is scoring more in the red zone than Baylor is, Baylor's putting more points on the board. And I think that that's going to be huge this weekend for Oklahoma State. Can they get out of their own way when they get in the red zone and and give this team a chance to be successful? For, For years, we've seen Oklahoma State utilize the best receivers in the country in the red zone. Where is Tylen Wallace when the ball's at the eight-yard line? Get Tylen Wallace the football when when the ball's at the eight-yard line. We have seen him go up and moss so many DBs just this season, and yet Oklahoma State is just you know showing a complete unwillingness to put the ball in the air in the red zone, and I think it's because they're worried about Spencer Sanders turning the ball over. You can't coach scared. If you're coaching scared, you've got a problem. You're not going to have success if you're coaching scared. Let Spencer Sanders make plays. Let Tylen Wallace make plays. Because everyone's going to be so dialed in on Chuba. Yeah, you're still going to give Chuba some, some carries down there. But everyone's so dialed in on Chuba Hubbard, it gives you other options. You, you know, the uh, the pass to, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Against uh, against Kansas State, the, t- the, the tight end. I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting the name. Somebody Somebody tweet me and remind me. That was a good play call that got Oklahoma State in the end zone. Things of that nature. Get the defense thinking about Chuba Hubbard. Beat them in other ways. Uh, Now, before you get to the red zone, third down conversions. No advantage for either team on third down this season. Oklahoma State ranks 22nd in the country in third down conversion percentage. Baylor ranks 23rd in the country in third down conversion percentage. uh, Both at, at 46 and change percent. So, uh, no no advantage there. Oklahoma State does have the slight advantage in both scoring offense and total offense. Oklahoma State averaging about 53 more yards per game than Baylor. Oklahoma State 8th in the country in total offense. Baylor 20th in the country in total offense. And then whenever it comes to scoring offense, Baylor again uh, 20th, T20th at 37.8 points per game. And Oklahoma State is 11th in scoring at 39.8 points per game. And again, I just want to point out the discrepancy for Oklahoma State. Rushing offense, 7th. Scoring offense, 11th. Total offense, 8th. Passing offense, 62nd. 
Oklahoma State has got to figure out a way to throw the ball effectively, throw the ball down the field, make plays, and, and make the defense respect you both through the air and on the ground. It'll be great to see these two uh, high-powered offenses go head-to-head on Saturday in Boone Pickens Stadium. What can the defenses do to slow down these two offenses? We're going to take a look at some of these same numbers on the defensive side and see which defense has the advantage. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Closing things out here on Locked on Pokes. I am Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this Wednesday of homecoming week. Beautiful week, beautiful weather. Should be great for football on Saturday. A lot of 11 a.m. games this weekend. So Oklahoma State and Baylor should have a pretty good stage in the afternoon at 3 o'clock. And this game, unlike some of the games uh, Oklahoma State's played this season, not on ESPN+. Plus, Shouldn't have any problems. If you're not able to make it to Stillwater for homecoming, you will watch this game. Uh, I'll make sure later in the week to give out TV details, where to watch, how to listen, all those good things. Uh, If you can't listen, if you're out on the road, make sure you listen to Dave Hunziker, John Holcomb, Robert Allen, uh, my good friend Dion Amade. Those guys do a great job on the Oklahoma State Network broadcast. So make sure if you can't watch the game, can't be at the game, make sure you listen to those guys on the Cowboy Radio Network. Uh, All right, let's take a look at the defenses for Oklahoma State and Baylor and see how they might be able to stack up. Uh, Obviously, rush defense is going to be huge for the Baylor Bears with Oklahoma State. You know, that's that's the, the power for Oklahoma State is the running game. So where does Baylor uh, stack up in terms of rushing defense? Not bad, really. Baylor's rush D is 28th in the country, only 113 yards per game. Baylor's giving up on the ground. That's that's pretty good. I mean, 28th in the country in the Big 12, and they've already played Iowa State. They've already played Texas Tech, uh, who can run the ball a little bit. Not, not an elite rushing team, but we saw in the second half especially they were able to run the ball on Oklahoma State quite a bit. And to put that in perspective, Baylor being ranked 28th in the country in rush defense, Oklahoma State is ranked 77th in the country in rush defense, giving up 165.2 yards per game. So that's an area where it's kind of strength on strength for the Baylor defense, the Oklahoma State offense. If you're asking me who I like in the strength on strength battle, it's Oklahoma State's rushing attack with, with Chuba Hubbard. I think, you know, if you want to slow down Oklahoma State and this this rushing attack in Chuba, I think you either have to be an elite run defense or you have to do what Texas Tech did and get out in front by three touchdowns, force Oklahoma State to play catch up. And even even at that uh, at that point, uh, Texas Tech was not able to slow down Chuba Hubbard. He, he just wasn't able to get his usual volume and play from in front. Just for point of reference, you know, I told you Oklahoma State, what they're averaging, Baylor 113 yards per game. They're giving up on the ground just – because Wisconsin has been ridiculous. I'm going to show the Badgers a little love. They have the number one rushing defense in the country right now. Wisconsin is allowing a grand total of 44.7 rushing yards per game, which is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, part of that can probably be attributed to Big 12 football, but or pardon me, Big 10 football, but still. 44.7 yards per game is next level. Third down defense for these two teams, uh, neither one is stellar. I I don't know if you could even call uh, Oklahoma State's advantage an advantage. Oklahoma State's 82nd in the country in third down defense. Baylor's 93rd 
So I, I don't know if, if that's an advantage for either team. Oklahoma State uh, allows the opponent to convert 39.2% of the time on third down. Baylor allows the opponent to convert 41.2% of the time on third down. So whenever you flip that over and look at the offenses, 22nd and 23rd in the country in third down conversion percentage on the offense, I don't think there's a big advantage for either team on third down going in, which could make that a crucial stat if one team overperforms or underperforms from what they've been this season on third down, uh, offensively or defensively, it could swing this game. So that's something to look at uh, on Saturday. And then I, t- I talked about needing to get pressure on Charlie Brewer. And and this, the sacks statistic is where Baylor has a huge advantage on Oklahoma State. I don't know if people realize just how poor Oklahoma State has been this season in getting to the quarterback. Oklahoma State ranks 108th in the country in sacks. 108. I don't know if you all know how many schools uh, are, are on the list here. Let me just make sure. Let me make sure 130. 130 schools on the list, and Oklahoma State ranks 108th in sacks. The Baylor Bears rank 7th in sacks. So this is an area where Baylor certainly has an advantage over um, Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, I think, might struggle getting pressure on Charlie Brewer, and, and you just can't let him get comfortable. Now, does Calvin Bundage make an appearance this Saturday? Who knows? Does Jim Knowles try to do some things differently, leave you know guys with more one-on-one coverage on the back end in order to get more pressure, pressure on Charlie Brewer? We will see. But uh, Baylor currently seventh in the country. They've got 23 sacks in only six games, so 3.83 sacks per game for the Baylor Bears compared to only 1.33 for Oklahoma State. So two and a half more sacks per game for Baylor than for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That is something to keep an eye on in the game on Saturday. Uh, turnovers forced, again, advantage Baylor. Baylor tied for 44th in the country. They forced 10 turnovers in six games. In Oklahoma State's six games, they forced only six turnovers. So Oklahoma State, 102nd in the country in turnovers forced. And look, turnovers sometimes are completely random. Fumble recoveries especially. I don't think interceptions are nearly as random. Uh, I think fumble recoveries, on the other hand, are usually very random depending on you know where the ball bounces the right way. I think if a quarterback fumbles, he's much more likely to lose that fumble than, you know, if a running back fumbles. Because if a running back gets right into the heart of the line and then fumbles, there's going to be a ton of bodies right around there, and it's a 50-50 shot. If the quarterback is eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and a defensive end, you know, strip sacks him back there, okay, well, now you've got four or five, maybe even six guys running at the quarterback who have their eyes on him. They see that he's lost the ball. The offensive linemen are blocking. They don't see that he's lost the ball. You have a much better chance to lose that fumble. And Mike Gundy talked on Monday about how crucial it is for Spencer Sanders to take care of the ball in the pocket, something that he did not do against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Pass defense, neither neither is stellar. Baylor ranks 71st in the country in pass defense. Oklahoma State 91st, so, you know, not, not much of an advantage there. Uh, and then total defense, Baylor has a pretty significant advantage. Baylor ranks 39th in the country in total defense. Oklahoma State ranks 89th in the country in total defense. So w- whenever we take everything into account, uh, the numbers I gave you on the offensive side and on the defensive side, I think this is a really even matchup between Oklahoma State and Baylor. I I still think that Oklahoma State probably gets the win at home. The line's been teetering around three, three and a half. Uh, It was three yesterday, but it was minus 120, so it looked like the juice was about to send it back to three and a half. 
For those of you who are gamblers, you kind of know what I'm talking about right there. If you're not and you, you felt like I was speaking a foreign language, you can tweet at me if I need to clear anything up for you. But, uh, you, you know, that means that more of the money's coming in on Oklahoma State at home. This is a team that plays well against ranked teams. It's a team coming off a really bad, embarrassing loss. Um, something that Oklahoma State is likely to rebound from. So I do think it's a good spot for Oklahoma State. That being said, these are two evenly matched teams, and being in a good spot doesn't win you a football game. You have to play well to win a football game against a good team, even if you're in a good spot and, you know, they're coming off a double overtime game uh, in which they, you know, basically were gifted the game by the officials. So a lot goes into play for this game on Saturday. But again, tweet me. Let me know what your homecoming traditions are. You going up for walk around, the parade on Saturday morning? Uh, are you somebody who's not into the crowds so you don't make it up for homecoming? Let me know what you do on homecoming. It is America's greatest homecoming celebration in Stillwater. All right, that's all for today. Subscribe and rate this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Lockdown Pokes. Thanks for listening once again to Locked on Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.